Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Man's here podcast. Another win for us to talk about here. That is three and four in the league this season, and another couple of cup ones in there. <laughs> I've got stats to hand, and I've made a mistake already. Don't care. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it was a one. Have we played two? But there's only one. Isn't Don't it? get so, excited. Yeah. Too excited. Don't you tell me when I get excited, Gareth. I'll get bloody excited if I want to get excited. <laughs> Sunderland winning games. All right. Support my club at one, thanks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to winning ways. And joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. Tonight, we have Graham Falk with us as well. Graham. First I, want to say, I, I was going to say, I want to say first pains, but I feel like we've done something before, surely, haven't we? Have we not? I kind of lost my brain. I was trying to think of what I have made, but I actually genuinely think it's a debut appearance after like oh, well. however many years. So there you go. Stan Varga-esque, hopefully. Well, I'm sure. Um, well, don't put pressure on yourself. Uh um, I'm sure most of our listeners know who you are anyway, but you just want to explain a little bit about um, what, what you do in terms of the media work as well. Hi, um, third best Sunland podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, what the folks, what I do, pretty much think people know about that. Talk about Sunland. Some people agree with it, some people don't. Some people like it, some people don't care. Um, I'm happy with both or either. Um, and I, of course, do a bit of stuff at a couple of football clubs as well. Um, Work in journalism for the Scotsman, which I'm sure many people in England read, um, which is probably not going to be the case. But uh, I, everything pretty much, mate. But I'm sure people are aware of what I do. I'm not quiet online, so good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You would imagine we've got we 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 would share the market. You would have thought doing what we do. Um, right. So, uh, win Sunderland. It's always nice, isn't it? I know. I don't know if people who follow us on Twitter have noticed we put a little graphic on, and we're going to do that after every um game where we've got like a. A red dotted line, which we're, so we're going to put the league table up, and then we're going to have the red dotted line, which indicates two points a game and how far above or below that Sunderland are. And we're also put a little graphic of where Sunderland have been in comparison in, in previous seasons. So if you let me guess who's putting that together for us, well, you, you'll be half right, I think, if you're going to say what I think <laughs> you're going to say. Is it Chris by any Chris time? put it together, but to yeah, be of course fair, he did. To be fair, yeah, was yeah. my to be fair was my idea. <laughs> that was your idea? Were you the but, and, uh, he was the obvious person to turn to and say, like, this is a great, uh, this is this is a great idea, but I'm not going to have the, uh, the the know how how to like put it yeah. or the patience to do this. So basically, you know, can you do this? And he and he was he was fully on board. So there you go. Of course, he was. It's a graph. <laughs> he said, and then, uh, and kind then of. he got very excited and ran away. It's and... good though. It's good. It's good in the feature. So obviously, you know, there. Are, if you think, you know, so the the red line. If you think when you were watching the Olympics, and you know, when you watch the swimmers do the length, and they've got the world record yeah. line ahead of the swimmers, they're doing the length. You kind of just think of it like that. Uh, I mean, there are like six or seven teams above it at the moment, but it's the start of the season, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see see how it goes. What is interesting is how well Jack Ross started. I uh, don't know how mm-hmm. if people are going to remember that, but you know we would be top of the league now under under that start under Jack Ross um, in eighteen nineteen, and then they won the next game as well. So um, a nice strong start. Obviously we've lost one, but back to winning ways of the weekend. And I feel like uh, it's the old cliche, isn't it, Graham? That you know it doesn't matter how you do it, you just get the job done at times. I I think. The game on Saturday was like, you're going to forget about that in about six weeks. And you oh, remember that Wimbledon game when one won now and it just not really happened apart from Carl Winchester, bagged one from about 30 yards out via reflection. Um, but I think we're going to have to win games like that. There was a few people saying, you know, games like that we would have maybe drew last season or like conceded at the end. And I suppose that's kind of true, but like it's still early in the season, but I suppose it's good that 
we able to put performances together like the first three league games. I know Burton was a defeat, but we looked in large spells, like far the better side, came up with wins in, in two of them. I think Wimbledon was a very average performance and you could pick it apart. And I think some people have, especially some players' performances. Um, but you're going to get games like that where you just have to like dig it out. I think you know we have to remember that we're still quite a, a big scalp, especially with the fans back in and, and teams are still going to raise their games against us. And I think Wimbledon have done all right this season already. I mean, nobody else has beaten them. Um, so I'm quite happy with it. I, I think... I'd like less ugly 1-0 wins, but I think you're going to have to have them in a season that's got that many games in them. Um, I'm not going to complain with a clean sheet either. We haven't had one yet in, in the league. Um, so I'll take that. Uh, I know obviously Patterson came in. Uh, I know he didn't have that much to do, but a clean sheet's a clean sheet. It's good co- for confidence for the defence, good for him. And, and just a win's a win, really. Like three points on the board. I, I felt slightly better on Saturday than I did against after the Burton game and yet you look at the performance and Burton was far superior. So um, I, I'll, I'll take the, the 1-0 over Wimbledon any day of the week and I think you're going to need to get a few of those results throughout the season, mate. I? I'm not going to smash everything. You know, if people haven't learned by the time we've been down here already that we're not going to smash teams every week, then then uh, you, you wonder what the wonder what they're watching. But I mean, in terms of Wimbledon, you know, they have had a good start this season, as Graham says, Gareth, but I mean... Uh, it was one of those, cause like, and I think I think Craig might have mentioned it, saying how you know while you feel like our performance was disappointing, you actually never really felt threatened, despite yeah. them looking quite tidy and neat on the ball at times in possession. You never really worried, did you, that we were gonna, we were certainly gonna lose the game. You always thought, you know, we just need to take a chance. No, they, they didn't really threaten. I mean, generally speaking, in the games we've played this season. Um, you know, the only time we've been under like a sustained spell of pressure at any point in the game would probably when we played MK Dons. Um, I think, you know, they had a few spells of pressure, but I think in the other games, in mean, the Burton game, they had one shot on target, I think. Um, I know they had that one from distance out of the post. And uh, I think, again, it was felt pretty relaxed. I always felt we'd score. I um, didn't think we'd obviously score that goal, but... You know, it felt as though it was inevitable that we'd we'd we would score at some point in that game. Um, obviously, the worry is our clean sheet record has been pretty poor recently. So, obviously, what, what, the first think, one in seventeen. So. What do you think the ratio was of people who said when Winchester picked up the ball, the ratio of people who said shoot and the ratio of people who said don't shoot? Because uh, you, you, you could, well, you could hear, you know, when you look up, when you watch the highlights back, you can hear the North Stand say shoot. <laughs> well, my friend, the lad I sit next to, shouted, "Don't you dare shoot from there!" And of course, got the inevitable when it went in, everybody turned around and started laughing and pointing well, out and stuff like that. It's a good job it did because it <laughs> could have ended up in a. Czech Republic v Scotland situation where he's had the shot and it's <laughs> bounced out. There's about all of our players are ahead of the ball and sorry and yeah and they break on us because they had you know a wall of yellow on the edge of the box. So if it breaks away and they get away, we I think Winchester was the deepest the deepest player on the park. So it's a good job it did <laughs> go towards the goal or at least would if it had gone wide that would have been beneficial because uh, yeah if it bounced back might have been in a bit of bother but. I think they deserved the luck because I don't think I don't think we've had that much luck this season. We've had to work really hard in terms of um, you know, the chances. Um we've 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 created a lot of chances and taken the chances. We haven't really done that yet, um, to the volume they'd probably expect. But we've got a bit of luck obviously with the goal and then the sending off, which should have been a sending off um on oh nine and like Graham says, you're not gonna remember. You're not gonna remember it really, are you? Like it's just a game. At the end of the season, it'll just be three points. Mm. This reaction is quite funny when it goes in, though, because uh, I think Wimbledon conceded in like the 98th minute against Gillingham to pretty much not an identical goal, but a similar sort of deflection. And you can see as soon as it's hit the lad's leg and it's deflected, you can see in his face he's like, "Oh, yeah, nah, nah." It's brilliant if you watch yeah. it back. He's just gutted as soon as it hits the lad's leg because he knows he's been done again. I thought the keeper had a really good game. Did yeah, two, two impressive players? I thought for Wimbledon, the keeper number four was it Woodyard? Yeah. I don't know. Did. Yeah, was he the captain? I think so. Long air. Yeah, but number ten was quite good on the right hand side as well. Mm. He was a bit tricky. Um, mm. But you get that, don't you? Like you, 
you get like the every team you play seems to have like a couple um who look a bit better than the team that they're playing in. Um I was yeah. impressed that that's the best of Wimbledon we've seen, like you know, at home, like speaking at the stadium of light, because yeah. they've been shocking, haven't they? Every every season we've yeah. played them, and that was definitely the best best they were. Um, but... I think I heard something about them. I think that lad on the uh, on the right, I'm sure that's the lad that um, is it a Sal? I think yeah. he's on the right. I think I'm sure there were like there's been talk about him being one of uh, Wimbledon's first like million pound players at the solo or the, the new Wimbledon, if you prefer, the first million pound player or something like that. And I think I'm sure he was at Spurs or, or somewhere like that he came from. So he's got pedigree in that. And to be fair to Daniel, which I'm sure will come on to, he's not a left back, but he did all right, considering. But he looked like he had something about him, didn't he? Mm, yeah, it feels like we should come on to that at some point. Uh, start, <laughs> starting from, the, from you, you mentioned there, the, the, the change in goal. Uh, Patterson didn't have an awful lot to do. There was a moment in the second half when, you know, sitting in the south stand when you were thinking, is he is he going to go for that? And he got absolutely nowhere near. And I, I think, I don't know if my memory's emerging in one, but it might have even been the one where I was kind of cleared off the line in a way, um, yeah, was, which, yeah. wasn't, which wasn't the most convincing, but, you know, clean sheet, his DAP was going to help him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pleased to see him get it. I, I, I think I said at the start, I was like, just keep the clean sheet because I feel like like the Burton game, you felt like you would have played that until however many like years and we would have never scored. Whereas like the the Wimbledon game, I think you said before, Gareth, you felt it was sort of coming. Um, it was a case of come and keep the clean sheet. Um, I'm pleased he kept it, but I'm in the if people are going to disagree with me, I'm in the kind of Lee Burgess not that bad camp. Um, I don't think. Patterson should be thrown in. I know he's kept the clean sheet and all that, but I think I think Burge is just what it says on the He's a League One goalkeeper. When he makes a clanger, he makes a real one. But I think I think he was sort of spoilt with John McLaughlin for three years, who was always a lower level mid-table championship goalkeeper that was just steady. But even he had a bit of a, a wobble in the middle of that season under the end of Jack Ross's start of Phil Parkinson, where Burge was getting told uh, by the way people were saying about Burge should be playing because I think you got a clean sheet against Sheffield United or something but I mean if you get Vito Moroni in brilliant but if he can convince his wife to leave uh, Monaco for the Roker then f- fair play like he's he's got more power of persuasion than I have I kind of see that one happening to be honest I suppose I'd miss stuff like that in public um <laughs> I, I, I don't think Gareth's your man on that I guess we've been kind of seeing similar for a while and, and I don't know if Gareth's kind of Coming around with that way of thinking, it, but you're, no, st- you're no. still not having Burge, Gareth. Are you? No, it's just the the mistakes he makes, uh, the ba- basic errors. That, that's the, that's the, he does. That's the thing that annoys us about it. It's just like the mistakes are like just like entry level stuff, really, for a goalkeeper. And then like he makes some decent saves, and you know sometimes, but then it's 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 kind of. You're in recovery mode then, because it doesn't matter really. You've already you've already cost us the points, but yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't like really dislike him. I just think we need like a, a if we get a better goalkeeper, we should get one. I mean, you should always try and get a better players than they've got, shouldn't you? Anyway, regardless, feel as though we could get a better goalkeeper. I know there was talk about Minoni, but like, well, we'll, we'll... if 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 that was if he came in, I think a lot of people would be happy about that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they've got a week to do it, haven't they? Yeah, we'll so... talk about that. I think in the second part, because we'll we'll obviously touch on the League Cup game. Not that I'm I'm not sure how many first teamers are going to fall at risk for that. So we we'll maybe um, sort of go off onto what we think still needs to be done uh, in the transfer market. So moving from from the back um, from the goalkeeper position to the, to, to the back four, I think. Um, Tom Flanagan, Gareth, I feel like we've always had his back on here. Mm. I, I think we've always, you know, and th- this idea that, you know, I, I, some of these young players we're bringing in, it is exciting if, if they fulfil the potential. That, that's the first thing, because we have been down this road before. You do instinctively think that this is different. I think, you know, a, a lot of it judged by the reaction of the fans that are, of the clubs that are leaving, the pedigree of these players does seem a little bit higher. But this idea that then you can just throw all these young lads into a back four, um, is is puzzling to me. I mean, it might be that as the season develops, that happens, and it might be that the end goal is to get the, you know get them as a back four initially. But whatever level you play football at, five aside, six aside, tenth division, forty first division, you need somebody in the defence who is experienced, 
who can talk. And I think Flanagan has been, for me, as impressive as Donaz, I think Flanagan has been the, the most important uh, of the back four this season. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought he was outstanding again at the weekend. He's been very quietly effective, hasn't he? You know, the, there's no song and dance about him. I think a lot of people made their minds up on him in that they're, they're not keen, which is, you know, it's fine. That's football. And people have opinions. Um, but I quite, I quite like him generally. I think he's all right. You know, he's a league one centre half. Um, you know, he's not the worst player we've had since we've been down down this level by a long way. Um, he always, you know, contributes in the game. His head doesn't go down. You know, he's, and I think he's, you know, Doyle benefits from playing alongside someone like him who's got that experience. Um, you know, there was sort of back end of the game a couple of times. Um, Doyle's kind of done this thing where he lets the ball bounce and then he's not aware of what's behind him. When really should you know kick the ball out straight away, um, and he's nearly been dispossessed a few times in the box. And like as the game went on, it was funny because I think Flanagan came across the wall and that he was near and just absolutely walloped it into the stand. And he, that's what Doyle's going to learn, isn't he? Whether Man City will want him to learn that is another matter. But that that is defending at this level, isn't it? It's there's a time it, to use the ball and there's a time, and there's a time to get rid of it. Yeah, you might not need to do that if if you, 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 yeah. you've got a, a world class. Sit midfielder five yards from you, <laughs> yeah. who 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 can who you can afford to just take a touch and quickly give yeah. it to him because you're not worried about him going to lose it. You, you do that in League One, you're going to be in trouble. You're yeah. fighting pressure on yourself. So it's it's yeah. about when to make those decisions, isn't it? But but this is the thing: Flangham will undoubtedly be talking to him through the game and just saying, "That's go and win that one. You can't win that one." He's 17 year old Doyle at the end of the yeah. day, and. Um, I just think that you know it, it's we, we need to be patient, don't we? We're getting all these youngsters in the into the back four because uh, I don't think Flanagan's doing anything wrong, and I would have put him up there with man of the match at the weekend. Um, the other change in defence you mentioned there, Graham Daniel back to left back. Probably everybody did a collective sigh when they saw the team sheet and and, and saw that happening, such as the impact he's made in midfield. I think. I don't think it's a reflection on Sergan's ability. Are we are we thinking he was just probably not fit? He's just come. He's not, hasn't played much football. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. You would have thought. I don't know how far true it is, but I'm I'm pretty certain he had COVID or something as well, didn't he? he hasn't. Yeah, he did. Played much personal issues, which obviously won't go into. But he hasn't played a great deal of football, and I mean, I'm far from calling him out like at all. But like. I think I was excited about his signings. I was expecting this amazing left back and he kind of was steady and made a couple of mistakes, I think, against MK Dons. So maybe he's just a bit knackered. I mean, you've heard the rumours of people coming back from COVID and they're, they're struggling to like get their full lung capacity and stuff and it will affect professional athletes. So I think playing him three games in a week, I think it would have been maybe four. I can't remember. If he, no, I didn't play down Port Vale, actually, I don't think. Um, I think he's probably just looking after him. And, and making sure he's all right. I don't think it's a reflection on his ability. And it's the next best left back we have because we have no other left backs is is Dan Neal. I think it's just a shame for Dan Neal because I think um, I wasn't chewing him last year. I thought like when I seen him, I was like, yeah, he looks like he offers something a bit different. But I didn't necessarily see the hype. But then goes to show you how much I know about football. I said the thing about not Elliot. really, Graham. If he's not playing, yeah. you can't you can't judge. Yeah, yeah, he's, lot, playing, he's playing the odd game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's know, playing develop. the odd game anyway. So I don't yeah. think anyone could realistically yeah. could have made a fair assessment on on Neil last season because he's not he's not wasn't playing enough. He's got him. You know, he'll have been he'll have been around the first team for a year, basically last last season. You know, he's going to grow in a year. Um, yeah, you know, he'll he'll be developing. You know the physicality capable of playing first team football. You know they've been working on that with them, I'm sure. And then when you come in, um, I think the the time's right for him now. I actually disagree with you on your point about the second best left back in the squad, Graham, because I think that's probably <laughs> Lugo nine. Um, well. <laughs> and you know, David, well, it is. I mean, it's interesting on nine, isn't it? Because uh, people keep on saying, oh, you know about and get him in the box and all this but I mm-hmm. think all, every like I just feel as though we kind of reflecting on it a bit and thinking well all of his contributions to Sunderland really and the time he's been here have been positive defensively and not from an attacking perspective so at what point do you start saying well is it because you want him to be an attacking midfielder or 
does it time to say actually he's more of a defensive minded player? He sort and, of sat more as well, didn't he? On Saturday, he sat more like a for me, he was like almost the, the Corey Evans, yeah, he was, yeah. Was I mean, and he, he is, he's a you know, he played center back last year, you know, he played right, he's played right back, he's played left back, and yeah, he's played like in forward areas. And yeah, I think he got a goal, he's got goals before. Um, you know, I remember MK Don's game a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know when he kind of played off the front and stuff. So he can, he can do it, but... and he did it from right back. I think that's so people were expecting that to transfer yeah. across, but it doesn't always work. It's like a different. Is. And there's there's an argument to say, well, if he can influence the game from attacking perspective from a deeper area, then that's not a negative thing. Just because you want him to be an attacking midfielder doesn't mean he has to be. He, he can influence the game positively from positively from other areas. And I just think, like from a team perspective, you know. I'd have Neil, like I'd have Neil in midfield and him. If you had to play them both in the same team and one at fullback and one in the middle, I'd have Neil in the middle and and all nine at fullback every time. Because... With you on that, I think I know he wants to play in midfield, and I don't mind him in midfield. Truth be told, but I think when it's to the detriment of the team, then I don't know if it's been in his new contract that he's always going to play in midfield. But I think the right back situation a few weeks ago, where we, I mean, obviously we've got one now in. Um, in Huggins and obviously Winchester's done all right, but at the start of the season, you were basically not playing your, your only recognised right back because they wanted to try him in midfield, which was to the detriment of the team. So for me, you always play him in the position that he realistically should be getting where, where he's going to fit in best. And I think Dan Neal definitely doesn't let anyone down at left back, but it nullifies what he can offer in the midfield, which is a damn sight more than I think the other midfielders and yeah. what we've seen so far. He's got a vision to pass any that you know those other players don't have, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's what you need sometimes. You know, move someone to move the ball, yeah. see the pass and move it, um, it, and that's what you, that, and then it changes the game completely. And he's the only one we've got that can do that. I would I would argue, and I would say that if you've got you know you mid those kind of group midfielders, if you've got like Winchester, Evans, or nine Neil, Embleton, and uh, Pritchard. If I, I'm sorry if I missed anybody out, can't remember. But if they're the group, if I was picking three out of those, and what I've seen so far, it would be Embleton, Neil, and Evans. If they were all fit in midfield, yeah, and that would be my that would be my three. Um, I know people like all nine, and I'm not. I don't dislike them, but I just think, you know, I think I wouldn't. I would. If they were all fit, I'd just have the, they would be playing. We'll see him play right back this season. That's my prediction. I think yeah, I can understand the way because what we, we're talking about here about players getting a run of games, and uh, so I can kind of understand if he's gone, well, look, at least give me you know the first 10 games there because yeah, I, I couldn't understand why you wouldn't want to give him a couple of games, put him right back, give him a couple of games, put him right back. So, and especially when Winchester's doing a decent enough job, that'd be fair. I mean, he was great on Saturday, Winchester. Uh, I know he yeah, started he was, playing yeah. right back, didn't he? Apparently, early in his career, which I wasn't aware of before yeah. before the start of the season. So, well, John, Johnson had him as yeah, a right back. I, I didn't realise that. Oldham, yeah. apparently. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know, I, my prediction is that as the season gets on, um, he'll get used there a bit later on. I think. I think he, and then as much as anything, it's because he's quite good there. You know, mm. you know, like this There's isn't a dis- wrong. Yeah. this isn't a dislike thing. This is actually. Yeah. If you remember, Jack Ross told us he taught, he did a talk with us, and he told us specifically then he's a right back. I see him as a right back now, and we've had interest in the championship as him for him as a right back. So let's see. He, he's you know he's not been bad in the middle. I think he's he's been all right. Um, he, he definitely adds something. We've had a lot worse yeah. in there, but like like yourself, it'd be interesting when we've got everybody fit because I yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, if, 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 if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play three midfielders, I think you'll be number four on my list at the moment. So he, he was a lucky boy at the weekend. He was. Like with that, he's switched off completely, and you know he's got the lads got the run on him, and he's well, he should have been sent off. If the lad falls over, he gets sent off. So. Yeah. And that's all because that's a lot. That was that was not because of he's not quick enough to catch him. It's because he was on his heels and he he switched off. He's been asked to drop in and go into that space. I mean, that's a daft rule anyway. I mean, I know Doyle Doyle's injured and he's like he was off the pitch when it took place, and then he's not allowed to come back on. Um, 
like to take his position when the ball comes back into play. So, but yeah, it was not like having like don't let people think like oh you're having to go like oh nine. It's not that. It's just that's that's what happened in the game. It's undeniable. Maybe a less a less liked player had done committed that action, they would maybe not. People wouldn't be as kind. If Tom Flanagan had done had done what all nine did in that situation, I think he might have been getting a hell of a lot more pelters. But you know, that he's a housewife choice and he's a people, you know, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, the lovely lad down the road who like, you know, washes your windows and you down know, the washes road. your car. Not, and not, even, not even the boy next door. He's, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean? The lad down the road will come and cut the old lady's grass for free and all that for a cup of tea and have quite, a chat and a biscuit. He's not quite the lad next kind of door. Thing. He's more the lad down the road, though. Well, he could be the lad next door. He started as the lad next door, but he's better. He's now better as the lad down the road. Yeah. Now he's trying to become the lad next door again, and he won't. He, won't, he can't get back there. Yeah. He definitely... Um... He'd definitely invite himself into your garden in the summer, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd just be, be a permanent fixture there where he's in the sun. It's like, hi, how are we? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that was this week's segment of the, the, the Luke or Nine segment, I guess. So it's, a, it's unavoidable, it seems, at the moment. Yeah. But uh, we like Luke, just um, just to clarify that. Like him, like him as a Sunderland player. Um, Do, you right. Do you think McGeady's fully fit? Um, no, but I, I'm, years, I'm not right now. Again, I haven't researched this, <laughs> as listeners will be very unsurprised to hear. Um, but in my mind, now I know last season he didn't have a choice because he was he was just dropped entirely and ignored entirely. But in my mind, he never starts that quickly for us. No. Was that wrong? I always feel like it takes a few games. The first yeah, season no we were down in League One, I remember people saying, well, people saying Maguire should play ahead of... McGeady. Like he didn't come in until September, did he? Yeah. Was, was he, that... scored, he scored again. Was it um, Plymouth? South Plymouth, it was. Oh, yeah, he scored, came moment. on and uh, scored like a like a nice goal, came shot in the bottom bottom corner. Um, no, I think not, it was his first appearance. It's not like he's been bad. It's not like he's been poorly. Like he's keeping the ball, he's doing yeah. all right. He's just not having the impact we know he, he can have. I'm quite relaxed about that situation. Yeah. The yeah. thing about McGeady is you can see. He's annoyed with himself. Mm-hmm. I like that because he's he's set the standard for himself. I think like he was probably thinking to himself, "I'm I'm going to get taken off here if I don't like." Well, if I don't put me small players up. in that position, which we'll get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you could see, you could see he was frustrated with his performance, and I bet he like went home on that like on Saturday night, and he was like, "I was garbage today." I bet he was thinking that like the thing he was terrible, but. He wasn't nowhere near the, the the force he can be. I think he will be, like you say, as time goes on. I think you know he'll grow into it. And he had a bit of a mixed preseason again because he was not available because um, he hadn't signed the contract and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was just a, I know a lot of people have kind of said, "Oh, well, he's not been he's not been great," and he hasn't been by his standards. Um, but still, he's still. A, a threat. He's still involved in mm. lots of good stuff. Um, the thing is, just his yeah. standard is so high, like himself and what we've come yeah, to expect exactly. from him. Like, yeah. if yeah. he controls the ball, you go, oh, "What's wrong with McGeady here?" But he's, yeah. he still looks a threat. You can still see like right backs like backing off every time he gets yeah. the ball. Yeah, they did he, a good job on him at the weekend one. as well. Actually, he'll take one, one. He'll take one step over and a curl it of the corner. Yeah. His confidence will be, will be right. up. Uh, on the other side, Gooch. I always feel like after ten minutes of a game. You know, like which you know Lyndon yeah. Gooch you're gonna get. You're gonna get the one who's unplayable, um, or you're gonna get the one who frustrates the life out of you. Uh, it was the latter on on Saturday? I've lost count of how many times we've said, you know, if he if he didn't have that element of his game, he, he would be playing at a higher level in this. But a couple of times when he just decides to try and go the defender again instead of getting his head up and just having a look to yeah. see what's behind him. There was once I think it was. Pritchard standing on the edge of the box screaming for it and it was a roll in into the yeah. empty net if he, if he saw him and it, it does frustrate you, doesn't it? We can't pretend it doesn't. Yeah. Is that the one where like cut inside and I think it was Pritchard and like another lad was in the middle. I yeah. can't remember who because I didn't notice it at first because you like you watch the ball but like everyone around was like he's had two people on there all he's got to do is square it and I think it's just things like that were Lyndon Gucci can pull out like goals like the MK Dons game um, like 
under Parkinson, you can pull out like 35 yards from out of absolutely nowhere. But sometimes you want them to pull them out, but also like just pass the easy ball or the most obvious ball um, rather than going for glory every time. And I've got loads of time for Lyndon Gucci. I think he's by far one of our better players. And I know he's kind of divided opinion and has done for a while. But for me, he still offers enough, um, even when he's at his, shall we say, frustrating best. Um because I, I don't think there's anyone better in that position. I still think he get, gets us in good positions. But m- my big worry with Lyndon Gooch is when we first came down, I said, like, he's going to be a player that ends up, like, we can go back up to the championship with. And yet the longer the, the we've been in League One, the more I've seen him as a League One player. Yeah. And that's a bit worrying because this is not where we want to be. So say we do go up this season, do you trust Lyndon Gooch can make that step up? I mean, he's 25, 26. I know that's not exactly prime, but... I still feel like he's at the same level as he was. Yeah. Maybe even less than he was in the first season. I think first six months under Jack Ross, he was great. And then he signed that new contract and he's never quite been the same. I don't think it's a contract. It's just like the, the timelines of when I remember it. He signed that contract and he didn't get an assist or a goal for like months. And then he can have games like the Wigan game where he's just unplayable. And then like that Wimbledon game, you just you're tearing your hair out a little bit. But I mean, I still have him in the team. I still think he's our best option on that side. It's just no. I just want so much more from him because I really like him, and he obviously loves it here, and he obviously cares about the club. Mm. Um, but but like Luke Nine, I, I love Luke as well. But like Gareth says, there's got to be a there's got to be an element where you can still like a player, but but call out what you think is his yeah. perceived negatives. Um, and I think then has got a few of them. Certainly, as I think before we move on, then because uh, I wanted to have a quick, quick discussion on the, on the on maybe transfers who can bring and really brush over the Blackpool match. I guess uh, debut, a uh, home debut for starting debut for, for for Pritchard. Thoughts? I thought personally, I thought some nice touches got in really, really quiet for the first twenty minutes, then got into the game, and some really nice touches where you you can see he's got good ability. Didn't really get close enough to Stewart, I didn't think, um, but. Again, that's his first start, and he might just need yeah. one of games. Yeah, he's another one, isn't he? Who's been out? For, you know, he hasn't had a full preseason. And did anyone realize how small he was? Tiny. Yeah, that took me by surprise. Really? I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Oh, I knew. Well, I didn't know that he was. How big did he think he was? I don't. Well, I didn't really have a. <laughs> I didn't really have a, a prejudgment on it, really. Uh, but, uh, no, yeah, but yeah. it still, it still took us by. I wasn't surprise, surprised, really. No, so, but I think you know. You, it looks like Johnny Williams, and that puts us off. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are making that comparison just because there's a kind of look, but I think he's going to, you know, he'll be, I think he's we've got, got some good options. Offense. We've got yeah. some good options in that area, and we're going to, you know, we're going to need with Hamilton's injury record, um, and no, Pritchard has an injury record as well. It's unlikely that they're going to be both available. What usually happens is the both both. When you've got two players who are kind of, you think, well, they're going to be vying for that spot. And when one gets a knock, whatever, the other will come in. They'll both get injured at the same yeah. time, usually, don't they? Definitely. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. You need um, that injury records to align in our yeah. favour. Yeah. yeah. So if they want to do, if they want, you know, if they want to like coordinate that, that's great. But um, yeah, they've got, you know, there's there's good options there. I think that's what I would, I wouldn't say that pretty hard and amazing game, but you could see that there was something there. Um, he was gotten lucky with that effort. That sort of just—I mean, I thought I was in when he curled at that top, top towards the top corner. It must have brushed the brushed the post because it was very close. But you see, there's a talent there, can't you? I mean, yeah. for, for this level especially. I mean, what was he? Eleven million quid about four years yeah. ago, something. So, yeah. I mean, you see players like Akin Fenway still kicking about in this league, and there's players that you think retired about ten years ago kicking about in this league that end up looking all right, so I'm sure yeah. a guy that cost £11 million a few years ago will do all right. I'm just not sure whether I'd play him with, with Embleton. I think it should be either or. One or the other, yeah, either I, or. Although Embleton did impress us playing a little bit deeper. He, he had a better game than I was anticipating in in that role, which is good because it means he's not pitching ball just as like a number 10. I thought he, mm-hmm. I thought he played really well in that, in that deeper role. Okay, I'm right. Can we, as well. can, we, can we just talk about Ross Go Stewart then. briefly because yeah. I just think he's great. Love him. He's he's so enjoyable to watch. Like, just think it's great to watch. Like a centre forward play the way he plays. I think I probably said this last time. Man crush on Ross Stewart. You just, I just his touch is like ridiculously good for like a, a third division footballer. Yes. Good touch for a big man. 
But it, it is. I mean, it really is. And he's quick and he's, you know, doesn't never stops running. What I'd like to see, a little bit more intelligence from him in the balls he's chasing down in that first half. And maybe he's got to sort of decide, I'm not going to go for that. Because for all those runs he doesn't make in the first half, he probably has a bit extra juice in the tank in the second half. He seems to run out of steam a bit, and I think I think you know I, I don't want to see him chasing hopeless balls into channels that he's never going to get. You know I want to see him because when he when he does get going, say you got Neil in midfield, who's picking passes out. I think he he'll be a real threat. I think he's class. I absolutely love him. It's like he makes it just look playing that role dead simple. Yeah, like Charlie White. Yeah. I know he's got 31 goals last season. I know it's not a comparison we really want to make, but Charlie White's made looking like a target man and a guy who can lay it off the most difficult job for about yeah. three years, whereas yeah. Ross Stewart controls it, brings it down, plays it, and then moves. It's Football's such a simple game. When you watch people like Ross Stewart, it's like it's just basics, but he's, he's been dynamite in the first four games. All powered by that magnificent Adam's apple. Right. right. <laughs> um, we will uh, take a quick break now. See you in a minute. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terrace Cargo Shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Wise Wednesday podcast. We will quickly talk about the, the uh, League Cup tie at Blackpool, but I think just have a little bit of a chat about what we think uh, Sunderland needed in the transfer market. Now, the season hasn't really settled in, but we've, we've, we've seen enough, I think, to be, to be making these sorts of, of judgments. I mean, firstly, for the, for the Blackpool game, there's not... <laughs> I don't know what kind of team he's going to put out because he's going to have to rest some of these guys. Um, well, they said Alves and Wright playing, well. didn't they? Sorry? Alves and Wright are playing. It was on the website earlier. Right, OK. Well, that, right. I mean, there's no way Doyle could... Flip. Could play. He was absolutely dead in his feet by the end of the game. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with the fullbacks then. This guy from Leeds, is he fit? Do we know? Does anyone so. know? Yeah, I think so. I think he, but he, I didn't read it, unfortunately. I should have done that now, but I'm sure Lee Johnson said something on him today about how he's going to be playing moving uh, moving further forward. But um, I'm sure he played for like Leeds, I want to say the under 23s, not long ago. As far as I'm away, he's, he's fit. You might as well chuck him in, in a non pressure game, see what he's like. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does with Sergan because he, he decided not to start him at the weekend, although he did come on as sub. So it could be another instance of, of you know, do you start him and get some minutes under the belt, or do you think now he actually needs the week off so he can be he can be ready to go on Saturday? You chuck a sword, chuck a nine in at left back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you yeah, might. Yeah. I imagine he won't play with that shoulder. I think he oh, could right. get that sorted. I was saying, I was saying about managing it this summer, but. You know, what if he does? What if he does it after like fifteen minutes in a game? You know, I can't be comfortable. You need a fully fit squad in order yeah. for, to to take that gamble, or you wouldn't do it. Evan, you you'd, you'd want to be clear. Evans, yeah, when Evans is back, yeah, maybe, or, or yeah. bring more players in. Uh, well, but if you've got be the fullbacks and you've got Winchester available, Neil yeah. available to come yeah. in midfield, you and know. Know, you're almost forgetting as Winchester is a midfield option now, oh. aren't you? Because he's mm. sort of he's been playing right, but he's been doing well there. But that'll be good to see that partnership. Um, 
writing Alves. That, that's a good time to throw them in. So happy about that. Um, what do we think? He, anybody else he, we, we think might might get an opportunity? We're kind of feel, I still feel, kind of feel like we're thin on the ground. There's not a lot you can do. He's going to play Gooch and, and McGeady, is he? You think? No, I wouldn't have thought We've got so. nobody right. else. We've got nobody else there. Hawks, Hawks. Hawks. Well, he started the last game. Play. He scored, so he'll probably start, yeah. yeah. Diamond. Diamond. If he wants them to go out and loan, he probably he wants them to have well, he's, games. He's played already, hasn't he, in the so Cups? So. They'll probably both start, we yeah, would think. I would yeah. have thought, yeah. Pritchard again? I think, think Pritchard will start again. Yeah. He's playing catcher, isn't he? Pritchard, I think it was the the Hearts game that got confirmed just before he had COVID up and when he came to Scotland. Mm-hmm. So realistically, did he play any preseason games, Pritchard? Um, Back end, I think he might have made a couple of. I can't even remember if he played any. No, he didn't. He Did didn't because he wasn't yeah. involved in the whole game, was he? And that was the last one. So, Aye, that's right. Then he was sub against um, Wigan. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he never think, came on, did he? I think so. you played Pritchard. There's been no murmurs of him like struggling a bit from any sort of after effects of COVID or anything. It seems like it was pretty straightforward, asymptomatic. So, get some minutes in his legs because obviously it's not just him not having pre season. I don't think he's played that much football, has he, yeah. for like, ages? So, Daniel yeah, Daniel yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 About the game, to be honest, um, but kind of leads us on. Be a good test to see where we're at because I think Blackpool obviously had a good run towards the end of the season, beat us twice. But well, they're going to rest players as well, aren't yeah. they? That's what you're, you're going to you're never tell in these games, can you? Because they're going to be having the same conversations as us now. They're going to be saying, "Well, yeah. he's played a lot of football, so we'll give this young kid a chance who's not really played, or we'll give this reserve team player a game just so he gets minutes under his belt." So you, you, you can never really take much from. From these games, I guess. We're never going to um, win the League Cup either, are we? So it's kind of like it is more about minutes. It's a glorified preseason the way the Cup is now. It'd be amazing if we did. Well, nice. <laughs> um, um, I was going to say, right. So it kind of leads us on to like, what, what do we think? We've had a we've had a quick assessment of the squad. We're just four league games in, of course. Uh, tomorrow will be our sixth game, including the two Cup games. Um, I don't think anybody will. We've all hinted at it there. McGeady and Gooch have very little. In, in terms of backup, don't they? We, we need to be bringing somebody in there who can play either side of, of a number 10, I would have thought. I think he will be. I think especially with um, the the rumours, well, not the rumours, he, he commented on Diamond going out on loan, didn't he? So if he thinks Jack Diamond's okay to go out on loan or he's considering... And, and Halls, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the next step unless you play maybe Embleton on like the left-hand side, which is not really a natural fit. I think we've seen him do that couple of times under Jack Ross before he got that injury against Sheffield United and he's he's blatantly number 10 and that's where he's flourished at Blackpool and where he's looked decent for us. So, yeah, just I think someone like Jack Diamond, but maybe with a bit more about them, I think Jack Diamond needs maybe another loan. Um, he's obviously, the loan to Harrogate obviously stepped him up quite a lot, but maybe hasn't stepped him up to the point where he can push Lyndon Gooch because I think he's... I don't think he's anywhere near good enough. And I think his confidence has gone a bit as well. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's so raw, well, isn't he? Yeah, he looked. You know, he, he's he doesn't look as good as when he first came in the team, and in in theory, he should be better because he's had longer around yeah. the first team and stuff. I think you, you want him to be, you know, League Two, the team maybe playoff mm-hmm. playoff picture, League Two. Would you mm-hmm. would you say was where you want to see him go? Well, you there's no reason him. he couldn't. There's no reason he couldn't go. You know, go somewhere, one, somewhere like Shrewsbury or Wimbledon or. You know, thing like that. You know, there's team Cambridge, Morgan. There's teams like that being promoted. I'm sure that he'd be more than happy to to take him. You know, and he'd, he'd be playing at the the same level. Yeah, interesting. Just not not a, a promotion rival. Um, yeah, uh, centre forward as well. I'd like to centre forward. I'd, I'd worry if if Frostu got injured, I would be extremely yeah. worried. I know Broadhead's there, but like, imagine. Rusty relying injured. on relying on him uh, for a false, you know, for say, say he gets injured for three months or something, I'd be just a lot of pressure for a kid as well. It's like you then get injured and you have to score 15, 20 goals, mate. And I know you're only 21 and you've only scored two in your career, but you have to do this as a bit. I'd rather have Broadhead as like an option where if he comes on and starts bagging 
five goals to December, you can go, well, he's a really good option. I think the other option you'd look at would be Aidan O'Brien, but I honestly don't see that as an option. Like, not no offence to him, I just don't think he's ever going to go. He doesn't have the goal threat, does he? Nah, not at all. He misses sitters every time he comes on the pitch, just about when he gets them. Um, I don't think he'll get more than three goals for you. So, like, the the backup we've got is, I think Broadhead's okay, but it's from what it seems and from what I've seen so far, but he's it's a lot of pressure on a kid in terms of experience. I think Ross Stewart offers us so much. That's the problem you've got. If you need someone who's going to be almost as good as Ross Stewart, but is relatively happy to sit on the bench. And I mean, we'll forget about Will Grigg, but I think a lot might hinder on if we can get him off the books because he's on a lot of dough. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of players that need to move out, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, well, right. So the winger, centre-forward, we disappointed if we... If we did, the, the, the challenge you've got is like, does there need to be loans or does there need to be permanence? You know, mm. you don't want to rely too much on loans. But how many can I, you actually play in the game? I'd be surprised if the, if you didn't go and get a winger on loan just because, of, as you say, if he's if he's going to loan a couple of our own out, then that kind of cancels that out, doesn't it? Because you know, yeah. then everybody returns to the club at the end of the season. But I could do with a centre forward on permanent. I would feel, I would feel more comfortable with. Them. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Um, that's two players, a goalkeeper. We think still, um, they'll they'll be looking at any anywhere else. I guess it depends what happens with Bailey Wright as well, isn't it? I think if Bailey Wright goes, you've got what Doyle, Alves, and Flanagan. Um, you need another, you know, Lugo Nine's going to end up playing centre half. You need another, yeah. you need another experienced one at the back there, don't you? Just someone like on a maybe a free transfer there that would. Add good competition if Bailey Wright goes. If not, I think Bailey Wright's shown he's he's all right. He's not as good as I hoped he would be. Um, but I think he's you know the couple of games he's came on at the end for the last ten minutes, he's just got his head of stuff, got in the way of things, and he's obviously a he seems like a good bloke um, to have around the the pitch. The problem you're going to have though is if he leaves, who's going to come into the leadership team? That's the big question. <laughs> who's next on the leadership team? He'll have somebody. It'll all be written out. It'll all be written out to be ready for it. <laughs> Uh, no, I'd, I'd be quite relaxed if Wright stays. I'll be quite relaxed with our, our, you know, defenders now, especially because this uh, kid from Leeds can play, yes, can play both sides, and um, you know, Winchester's look so comfortable right back. I don't nine can play right back, um, so I'd be quite, I'd be quite relaxed about that. Are we are we comfortable in midfield before the weekend? I would have said I want another certain midfielder in as well because of Evans. You know, worried about Evans' fitness. I think. Because of how well Embleton played deep, and considering that Winchester's still an option there, I'm a little bit more relaxed mm. than I was before the Wimbledon game about that area now. Yeah, same. I think, I think unless it's like a good, good player that's going to be a, a massive improvement on the first team, um, I'm all right with that. You might have to shuffle one or two things about. I think Corey Evans will get injured throughout the season. I think it's it's unfortunate because he's looked good, but you, you can see throughout his career he's picked injuries up, and lo and behold, he's got here and he's done his. He's done something for two weeks, so I think that's going to happen regular. But I, I think we're strong enough um, in midfield. And then worst case scenario, if we've got a, a right back now and a few people that can play right back, Winchester, who started really well, so he's going to be confident going back into his regular position. If we're really really struggling, Dan Neal's more than stepped up. Embleton can drop deep. Pritchard will get injuries, I think, but he looks all right in the number ten role as well. So I, I mean, unless you're bringing in someone that's going to rapidly improve the team as a whole. That becomes available last minute. I'm more than comfortable with that. Okay, well, it'd be interesting to see how some of these guys do. Um, obviously, the the Wickham game of the weekend is is is, is the bigger one, where because Wickham are going to be up there this season. We've had a hard start on paper. Um, teams who are particularly up there, you know, like Wigan, MK Dons, a lot of people put up there. Burton, like I. Kevin Phillips swears Burton are going to get promoted. Um, whether you trust, whether you trust him, we to judge judge on that kind of thing or not. Um, they have had a really good start, so um, that's back. You know, Wickham have just been relegated, and, and they're going to be they're going to be up there, aren't they? But we'll let Matt and Tom, I think, later on in the week, uh, come in and and preview that. Anything else anybody wants to add before we uh, before we take off? Sorry, there was no reaction at the weekend. It's like one of those rare things where because Matthew's away when, when and then... Matthew's away and we've lost Rory um, on a free transfer, unfortunately. So um, we've got no fee for that. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We Shocking. went on a tribunal, but we didn't get anywhere. So 
Yeah, yeah. society wasn't worth wasn't worth anything. <laughs> the tribunal. <laughs> yeah. The last, the last when we went cup in hand. Uh, he's doing a lovely, well done, or he's doing a lovely job. He is doing, he a is, isn't he? Job. Doing a great job. He is. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, we might we might be just might be putting the feels out for some new people well, and we, down the know, line. We, just goes to show, you know, getting involved in stuff like this. You'll get a job at board, <laughs> you never know. You know, with all, all like a lot of the lads who be involved have had like great opportunities too, stuff and we, we, we gotta do like the fan zone and things like that. So there's all sorts of things that can sort of crop up and like good life experiences that you do from just like having a you know a bit of a chat about football every mm-hmm. week and then all of a sudden you get like a nice thing happens. So, you know. It's quite good, so you never know if you fancy if you fancy doing something, get in touch and we'll bet you very very thoroughly. Before <laughs> saying yes, yeah, because that's what we're like. We're hor- very very like horrible people. That's why Rory left really, so because we were very nice. Institutionalized bullying. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, when there's like someone hacks an Insta account and like goes like, all the staff hate working here, and like <laughs> the the bosses are like. <laughs> You know, beat us every day and all that kind of thing. That'll come out one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep an eye out for that because we are. I think it'll come out one day. I've just told everybody what happens. So yeah. I won't yeah, come out now. I've really been honest about it. We have no culture problem, that wise men say. <laughs> keep an ear or an eye out for that. Um, we are hoping to get back in the peacock at some point as well. I know Barry's keen for us to, to go and do that. Um so you know, slowly like getting back my, to normal. Yeah, my dwindling fears gradually <laughs> is dwindling. So yeah, life's so, yeah, getting back it's normal. So it's still a bit odd, like going it'll to the match. Good, and, like, it'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> good to get back into that as well. Uh, after doing nothing for like eighteen months, it's a bit odd. Yeah. But you know, but it's great. It's a great odd. Okay, yeah. as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ah!